0: All right, uh, we've got uh, plenty to come on the show today as we review all of the information as it uh, filters through from uh, from the, the weekend's racing. I think we've got Glenn Munsey joining us. Glenn, welcome back to the summer edition of Putters Postmortem. How are you, mate? Uh, very good, thank you Dave, I, I nearly wasn't with you, I uh, had some issues here this
1: morning and as you know Dave, my technological knowledge, you can write on your um, small fingernail with a paint roller, uh, but I'd like to thank Ben now our, our techo man there at uh, Sky, he fixed me up Dave, within I'd say 90 seconds uh, of the How problem good is that he? I've had, yeah. a well, what, what the problem was Dave, my, um, my portable internet that I use at the races, and I'm sure you've got one there called Netgear. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a small box there, it just collapsed on on Saturday, and and the the battery's gone in it. And Ben just said, "Well, pull the battery out of the back of it and just plug it in as though you've plugged it in and use it normally." And it's it's firing on all cylinders at the moment. So all I have to do is
0: find another battery for it. There you go, mate. Yeah. Uh, say so you've sorted simple, that don't. out. Outstanding. Seeing you've learned something today too. If that ever happens again, how was your weekend on the as We wait for the other guys to join us. I mean, did you back any winners on Saturday?
1: Uh, no, Dave, I didn't. I backed plenty of seconds. Um, Dino will come on uh, shortly. He tipped one in Morfordville. He's been absolutely on fire at Morfordville. Uh, Dino, so he tipped one on Saturday at $5. It ran about $3.40, I think, and of course it to run second. Um, Mark tipped one at uh, Albury uh, that ran second. And then uh, Mark tipped a value runner, because um, I, I like backing courses at you know some sort of odds, and it was late in the day and I was looking for something to do, called Mr. Cairn and, of course, it ran second, Dave, at $15 and was beaten by Five Kingdom, who hasn't run a race since New Year's Day on 2019.
0: Dean Lester's joining us. Uh, Dino, how was your weekend on the pub, mate? Oh, have we got Dino there? We might not have Dino there. I might go to Chris Roots. Chris, how was your weekend on the pub, mate?
2: Oh, mate, it wasn't, wasn't that good. But knowing that Munsey lost again, he could dead set stop you at a buffet.
0: As well, the barbs have been thrown. The golf course will be interesting a little bit later on. I mean, what was the biggest surprise for you uh, out of the the weekend, Chris?
2: I would say the end of the mini grand final. What a what a um, what a result that was for a young young driver who showed so much composure on and off track to win the biggest race of his career. I reckon he had been in about three protests, Josh Gallagher. You wouldn't have known he. He sat back, gave his evidence and was very clear on what happened in, at the 150 metre mark and how often do you see a 50-to-1 shot get a protest over a 7-to-4 shot, albeit in the biggest race of the year for the trust?
1: Yeah, I must and, and admit the, that coverage the was outstanding. Time, the first time in history a protest has been upheld in the Inter-Dominion. Mm.
2: Yeah, and what, wasn't, it, wasn't it good that we got to watch the protest instead of um, sitting there and talking about what was happening happening like you do in Victoria?
1: Oh, it was like an old day old day in the principal's office. Uh, there, sit down, get away from there, you know, get back there. Oh, I thought it was uh, great theatre uh, on Saturday night.
0: Dean Lester is now with us. Dino, how was your weekend, mate? On the punt, the boys just saying, Glenn was saying, you've got another winner for us in Adelaide? No, no, no another read, se- read second. No, second, no. second. No, yeah, no, I stopped it.
3: Thanks, mums. I knew what, I didn't know what it was, but it uh, stopped it. But, yeah, the... No, I was a bit like Muns. Um, t- far too many seconds, and uh, yeah, enjoyed the uh, the coverage right through to the end of Dominion. It was uh, it was a terrific day of uh, and night of racing.
0: And Simon Thanopoulos joins us from Racing and Sports. Simon, I know you are very keen on the winner in the last there in Sydney Brookspire, and you got the chocolates.
4: Yeah, that was about it though, Dave, on the whole day. So um, yeah, it wasn't happy uh, happy betting in Sydney on the weekend. But fortunately, it did get a winner in the last, which sort of saved a little bit, but not enough. Well, that's all right. We can talk about uh, where
0: it went wrong then. If you want to give the guys a call, thirteen fifty-three fifty-three is the open line number. We might start uh, with, with that win in the last um, with Brooks because there's a couple of texts here thanking you, Simon, and the boys on the punters panel. Uh, what did you make of the win? We had to wait uh, a long time for a favourite to to lob. Um, just a win that you, the
4: win that you expected. Yeah, I think so. When you did your map early in the week, that's where you had her position uh, from the barrier. Just a completely different scenario to what she faced first up when she was wide throughout. She was drawn to land the coffin, and Kieran McAvoy did a great job getting her out. And I thought, to be honest, it looked over after 100 metres. The two dangers were back towards the end, and once she popped her out, you know, she put the race away. And back to where we had her previously when she won that day on the Kenzo. she ran a big figure and then hasn't been back to it two starts since. But... We ran that on Saturday, and, yeah,
0: a good performance. It good to see back in the winner's store. What did you make of uh, the performance, uh, Chris brooks And Then I'm going to comment from you, Muns, about the price.
2: Yeah, it was, a, it was a, as Simon said, it was over very early in the race once it got into the right spot. Um, thought Bless was good again. It's one to, it's one to keep following. It, it, just, it just needs a race with a bit of speed in it, and, you know, it's got, a, it's got a big finishing burst, but I don't know where that race is going to come. It's been a, been a while... While coming, it got out to a really nice price to back, back each way. And, but um, I think you can follow both horses going forward into the summer.
0: Munns, was it the best go of the day? Oh, he, he,
1: pretty close to it, Dave. When you consider, you know, it went up $4.20 on, uh, on Wednesday. By, by Thursday, it was still a $3 chance. And, uh, you know, you said, well, uh, you know, that's still pretty good odds. And, uh, you know, plenty of... Uh, I don't know anyone that didn't find it, put it that way. Uh, you know, as one of the horses to beat for the day. But it was still $2.70 on Friday. By that stage, I Am had come out. It ran at Flemington. Uh, Black Duke had come out. And Love Planet had come out. So, uh, And Monégal ran on Friday night at um, Canterbury. So you said, well, yeah, there's, there's $2.70 Friday. That's all right. $2.30 Saturday morning. Okay, righto. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, kn- I know it's going to be short. I know it's going to be popular. You know, that's at um what time? When well, by the time we get to this race, say ten to nine in the morning, well, you you know you you tidy everything up, you pack yourself up, you get to Ramwick, It's a dollar eighty-five. By the time we get to
5: this race, say ten to <laughs> and, nine and in It's the just
1: um, you know, and and I know when when I said ten to nine, it was two dollars thirty. That was top odds in Australia at ten to nine in the morning at $2.30 and then it was into a $1.85 and I, I willed the boys and the girls in the office there to get it back to black figures but they got it back to $1.95 anyway when they jumped and uh, uh, only due to the fact that quite a few favourites had got beat during the day, Dave, it was nowhere near as bad as what it was looking because the multi-roll into it was pretty common and got the blow was softened by a few favourites being beaten during the I day.
0: Think Chris, I think Chris Redskins you can owe us all a carton here. I've got no idea what's going on with his... He's putting us on hold. He's he's then had the radio on in the car. So I think he's back with us now, Chris. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where where he's gone. Dino, uh, let's jump down to Melbourne before we get take some calls here. Uh, a few questions uh, about uh, the two-year-old race to kickstart proceedings, and what you thought of the Godolphin runner who uh, who ran second. Should it have won?
3: Probably. Uh, just got held up at a, a crucial stage, Dave uh, Kin, and just done it was only for a couple of strides. But uh, the winner's still quite green. Uh, these are a fair way off the pace, these two-year-olds at this stage. They they looked very much uh, in the learning phase watching them at the trials and... Uh yeah, they've got a, a fair way to go. The The ones with race, uh, the ones that had raced, uh, they ran third last, second last and last. Nothing silly, uh, just hung in badly. I think, look, the winner at about the 400 and just didn't want to go straight at all. Camicho pulled too hard and I think Epic Centre can't run 1100 at this stage. So, uh, yeah, I don't know where this race fits in. But uh, Stupendo, very good for the size. Cepedo, uh one of his very first runners, he was a... Really good horse down here. Probably should have been a Group 1 performer, just didn't quite get the brakes, but uh, he's hit the ground running as a stallion.
0: Yeah, he certainly has. Um, Simon, I'll come to you here, mate. Uh, Figures-wise from racing and sports, um, just hearing then from Dino about, you know, the two-year-olds, maybe not the best we've seen in Melbourne. Are you of the same sentiment or same thought with Kin? Should it have won the first? Yeah,
4: very similar, I think. or fairly similarly on the weekend. In terms of ratings-wise, yeah, I agree with Dino. Not... You know, that crash hot, but at the same time, you know, it's all learning, and to get a win on the board three christmas is always a bonus. So I think, you know, they're the horses that you'll see continue to improve in comparison to the English nursery. Obviously, that rate is a lot higher on Saturday.
0: Well, let's collect our first caller who's coming up. Uh, I think uh, we've got on the line, who have we got, Boydo? Who's our first caller? We've got David. Morning, David.
5: Ah, oh, good morning. How are you going? Good, mate. Um, well, just a couple of couple of things. Just Let's just hope, um don't know whether you saw yesterday... In Sha let's just have Zach Purton and all those jockeys are all right. That was the one of the worst fours I've ever seen. Just just people gasping when they saw it. So let's just pray that all those jockeys are all right. Sadly, I think you probably know a couple of horses had to be put down. But so here's having the horses have to be put down. But just one thing, I, you guys, how great it is now. I remember when I was still at school in the no, late 90s, all these races from Hong Kong and overseas, the only coverage you could get was when they had them on 2KY on the radio. It's just so great now we can watch them all and live. And um, what do you think of Golden 60? He's just an... I mean, that was the one of the best fields he's met. You know, I was just questioning how good he was, but three Group 1 winning horses from Japan, a top-class um, European um, mare, and he just annihilated them. I mean, wouldn't be great to see him come out here for the Cox Plate or something, because he, he has won over 2,000. But uh, I think he's one of the best horses probably Hong Kong's
0: ever produced. All right, well, I'll come, to, I'll come to Dino and Simon here. Dino, you've watched a lot of Hong Kong races. Obviously, he was very good yesterday. He looked a little bit in trouble there on the turn, didn't he, in a little pocket and was all called up, but obviously got the run. Uh, now that he's done that against some international flavour, do we look at it and go, right, he would be, he would be competitive if he came to Australia?
3: Oh, I think he would be, and I mean obviously uh he's dominant in the in the fishbowl there, and he he was uh he you know, he was outstanding yesterday um uh, interesting that probably his main rival went hard down to the inside, and they seemed to want to get off the rail in that race uh, Damien Lane led and on the other Japanese runner and came out on straightening so uh and then golden sixty was down the center of the track but uh yeah he's a absolute high class horse uh, i don't know what uh you know, what he'd aim up at here, uh, but uh, he's he's certainly uh, you know a very high-class galloper, and, and uh, you can't do that, uh, what's he won, 16 in a row now.
0: No. Simon, how does he stack up international-wise from your ratings point of view?
4: Oh, I'd say he's one of the best mullers in the world, if not the best, I think. Um, I'm similar to Dean in the sense that it is a fishbowl, and the concrete jungle does sort out a few horses, so it's hard to get overly excited when they keep beating the same horses week in, week out, but to do what he did on the weekend, he faced up against them. High-class, world-class milers, and he made them with second-rate. It's his biggest winning margin, or one of, equal biggest uh, in recent times. He's done it in probably his hardest contest, so a clear new career peak for him, and I would say if he lines up in a mile race anywhere in the world, I'd say his favourite. So, yeah, hopefully, I think they're going to have one more stone in Hong Kong, which will, I think, equal the record, and then hopefully looking to go to Japan. So get a look at him on the international stage. I know that'll be the final boss for most until he travels. They're not going to say he's much good or they're not going to have him as high as other horses. Uh, from a rating perspective, yeah, I'd, I'd mark him favourite against most horses. Maybe by E, I'd have him a little smidge in front, but yeah, I'd say he starts favourite against most Wow.
0: Okay. Is there any chat of him coming to Australia? I mean, Chris, have you heard anything on along the grapevine from a news perspective? I mean, I know that uh, we've obviously what, we've got a couple of miles here. The, the one that would stand out would be what an all-star mile, but that would that would probably clash with other international plans he's got.
2: Yeah, and um, that would probably take him out of uh, racing Hong Kong their 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 classic mile. So with him, he he probably looked might look to Dubai, Dubai or um, Japan, uh, and that 17th 1700 meter race at Dubai the duty three probably probably has been a race that Hong Kong horses have gone to in the past. Quarantine makes it a bit hard for them to come to Australia because they've got to do quarantine in and out so they don't really want to do that when they can just um, nip over to Japan or Dubai and probably race for just as much money so but even he a, he's a, he's a he's a class animal and to beat the horses that come there yesterday sort of stamped him stamped him as took the question uh, the question mark slightly off him and now. He just has to go over and do it somewhere else, and um, he will be known as the best miler in the world.
0: Why does he have to? Why do we have that element about it with all racing? You know how you know, he's just sort of say, "Then Chris, well, he ha- you know now if he goes there, he he will definitely you know um, beat the naysayers or, or, or pour cold water on it. Why? Why does he have to? I mean, he's we just heard then from a figures point of view, from a ratings point of view. I know they're ratings, but um, that he stacks up. I mean, why can't we just say he's the best?
2: Well, what happens is with these horses now, and um, it's, it, I think we realise it's easier to travel horses than ever has been. been, been. So um, you want to see them um, outside their comfort zone. You, you don't want to see a batsman and come into Australia and play on our pitches and score 100 after 100 and then go to England and get um, knocked over for sixes, sevens and ducks, you know. If they don't do that, you, you start to question whether they are really top level. Look, Black Caviar went over and did it in... in In England, and that sort of sort of made made takes her legacy to another level. They didn't go with Winks, which was disappointing because I think we would have seen something similar to what Black Caviar did. But when you're racing in Hong Kong, in such a you race the same horses, the same six or seven horses every time you go around, and if you're just better than them, it's 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 just bad luck, and bad luck probably doesn't even beat him against those horses. So that's why it was so important for him to beat the Japanese horses yesterday. That's probably why it's important for him now to go overseas and and get that get that final tick of approval. We all know he's an outstanding racehorse, but we wanna I think I think now we wanna see these really good horses go overseas and do it. Europeans go to the US and do it. That's the that's how they prove themselves. They don't come here. Their best horses don't come here. But Europeans go to the US and do it. We we tend to go we tend to go to Europe and try and with our better horses and Win at Royal Ascot rather than go to Hong Kong these days, and Japanese basically go to Hong Kong to prove their medal. So you know everyone's got their got their little brown where they go to prove prove it all. And there's not really one melting pot other than Hong Kong International Day where everyone
0: turns up. Um, just on those jockeys too that David mentioned, obviously that uh, sickening fall on the sprint. Um, the reports from the jockey club, obviously, on Zach Pert. he's got some upper body uh, injuries, but he's the got extent of A couple of, of broken those... ribs and a broken nose. Yeah, don't he? Mm. Um, and Lyle Hudson, the South African jockey, he had a fracture to his hip, didn't he, Munts? Mm. That's uh, what came out of it. Um, and uh, uh, Mr. Fukunaga, um, I think he was okay. He uh, he managed to. Uh, only sort of, you know, get some minor bruising, uh, which was quite extraordinary. One of the worst falls. I mean, you blokes would have seen fall, plenty of uh, terrible falls, but uh, that one yesterday for mine, that was just, uh, it was sickening to watch. So our thoughts are with everyone, and hopefully they can make a, a full recovery. We've got Peter on the line. G'day, Peter.
6: Oh, good morning. Good morning, Good morning, how are you?
0: Good, Peter. We're, 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 your phone, mate. Uh, have you got the radio on in the background? Maybe just turn that radio down, because there's just a bit, of little feed, a bit of feedback. How's, How's that? Should be, should be a bit better, mate. What's your question?
6: I just, you've answered my question about the boys in Hong Kong, about out
0: the, the first group running Hong Kong. Yeah. We might leave you there, Peter. That's uh, that's a Schaefer phone line. That's uh, that's horrific. Yeah. Um. Dino, that's and, and I've got Sennhäuser uh, <laughs> headphones, uh, yes, d- as headphones as well. here, Dave, and <laughs> they're not coming through that
1: well with them either. Uh,
0: Dino, just on on yesterday, uh, from an international day perspective, obviously we touched on Golden Sixty. What about this Japanese mare, who uh, in, in the big cup, um, that was extraordinary, mate. It was a good way to go out, Dave, uh, wasn't it?
3: Uh, it was. Uh It was was a good race, tactical battle early, and then they put the foot down from a fair way out, and that, yeah, she was uh, too good and uh, looked even a little bit proppy after the race. So I don't think everything was spot on, but she still found a way to win. He very,
1: very nearly pulled their pants down, Blake Shin. Yeah. Really. When, yeah. when, when he when he saw the, the, the Japanese mare inside him, like he sat three mm. wide for the entire, but he had cover, and it was travelling mm. enormously. And he mm. saw the Japanese mare and he said, well, these leaders might collapse here, I've got to get going. And he pinged and put probably a length and a half, nearly two lengths on them, but that was they're Russian just Emperor. too good, aren't they? Just shocking. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah.
2: the surprise in Mark McNamara's voice when he, when he put the two lengths on him was the thing, I don't think he, he expected... To see that from that horse, and um, formerly owned by Cornwall and Laurie Macri, so you know yeah. they've, they've they've um they'll be able to sell another one into Hong Kong very soon.
0: Mm. It's out of Atlantic yeah. Jewel. Atlantic isn't it? Jewel, yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yep.
0: Of course, we're talking about uh, Loves Only You. Mm, uh, what yep. was your highlight uh, on international meeting, Simon? Before we jump back to Australia,
4: oh, I'd say what's gone sixty it was sort of last boss for me to tick in terms of meeting, um, you know serious line numbers. Obviously very disappointing uh, to see the form. It up. <laughs> the crashing finish, I uh, love the only to go out a winner. These are Japanese horses that have a good record in their final start. Just in recent times, the ones that have gone out, Gran Allegria one recently, uh, Contrail, and then her on the weekend. So it might be a little thing you put in your form book, Japanese horse, in their last start. But <laughs> last you start. Hey, you know it, well, gone.
1: sometimes they're announced as being their last start, and a lot of
0: them just yeah, have their last sure. start. She, yeah. she was the same. Mm. And Mr. Uh, Yahagi, so Yoshida Yahagi, just before we jumped back to Australia, is he, could we say he's one of the best trainers in the world? Would that be uh, an okay statement to make, considering we've seen him now travel horses here all around the world. Obviously, he's, you know, working for one of the big farms there, but he has to be right in the top five, doesn't he? Do we I agree and so, no disagree? Yeah.
4: Yeah, it has to be. I think anyone who can travel a horse and get it to produce a peak in you know three different countries, you got to be at least. Exactly
0: right. Let's jump back to uh, Melbourne now. A couple of texts on the text line and give us a call thirteen fifty three fifty three. I've got no idea where you are, mate. But there's a lot of noise <laughs> going on. You're you're going to win the prize at the Christmas party. Don't worry about that. Lighthouse. There's a couple of texts here about. Um, is this a horse that's up to uh, some serious races here in Australia, Dino?
3: Well, she's going through the steps the right way. It's amazing, the Ma used to stable, uh, a couple of years ago, they went through these series of races with a horse called Yulong January. Uh, he was he was beaten at Kyneton first up, then he won at Ballarat, uh, he won at Flemington, then he won the Chester Manifold Stakes, and Lighthouses actually won all three leading towards the Chester Manifold Stakes on New Year's Day, and uh, that's where she's going next, and... So she's raced herself through the benchmarks, uh, well worth a shot at that sort of stakes grade at this time of year, got, and just got a magnificent racing style, just landed straight on the back of the two leaders, travelled comfortably, and has got a turn of foot, handles wet or dry, so she's. I don't know to what level she'll end up at, but uh, the next step should be uh, another win probably on New Year's Day.
0: Okay, that's a look at a Lighthouse there in Melbourne. Uh, jumping back up to Sydney here, what about uh, the run of uh, Snapdancer and Special Reward, Simon? I'll come to you here and then I'll get a comment from uh, Chris and Munns. Uh, Glenn back in the winner's circle, $26. Uh, I know that Snapdancer seemed to firm late. We'll check that with Munns. But what did you make of the uh, the Razor Sharp? Yeah,
4: it was a classic was a good ride too, wasn't it? Slicing through the field on Special Reward. He ran up to 110 on Saturday. Peaks 116, so we haven't seen the best of him for a while, and still not quite at his best on Saturday. But you know, good to see him return to some sort of form. I think snapped down to the big firmer when we sort of all realised the track wasn't going to be in the heavy range and it was more good to softer. We hadn't seen her on a wet track previously, so that was a big question mark on her going into the meeting. And then once we knew the track was fine, um, you know, no surprise to see her firm up. She's almost run up to a peak first up, which should just top her off perfectly for the Magic Millions be one of my horses to follow out of the meeting um, just probably needed that run obviously off a fairly lengthy break 287 days uh, she had a few trials leading into it but I'd imagine uh, they're having it gearing up the Magic Millions and that should top her off perfectly so certainly one to follow out of the race All right, Dave. Chris any, any, uh, you go Dino
3: I was just going to say Dave what about the track on Saturday uh, well, we had from a, an eight to a five, uh, was it an incredible drying day, Muns, or was probably uh, conservatively rated early in the day?
1: Uh, I, I think conservatively rated. I actually said to Paul Joyce on Friday night at Canterbury because he had a runner intuition, and I said, "Don't you worry, this track will be all right tomorrow." And that's when it was. That was when it was a, a heavy nine. And I said, this track will be all right because they'd renovated. it. And I said it on Formline on Thursday night at that stage. I said, this track's been renovated, uh, been scarified, dethatched, all that sort of thing, sand slitting. And it, what happens, the rain just gets through the profile so much easier. I said to Mark Van Gestel after a couple of races there Saturday, um, I said, what do you think of the track? He said, well, I know you're a horticultural perv. Um, And he said, I think, you know, he said, when you walk on it, (laughs) you can see the sand there and all the moisture is just going straight through the track and and getting away. Timmy Clark said after the first race, it was a five. That's when it was, that that, was, um, uh, you know, he rode the first winner. He said, this feels like a five. And that's when it was rated an eight. Mm. And time-wise tells you that it was much, much better than
3: that. Yeah, sure.
2: I went and had a walk on it after the first uh, and had a chat to Navesh and, it just walked like a slow track, like it was just it, the, there. Was a lot of given it. There's a lot of grass on it at the moment. When you when you get out there during the carnival during the spring carnival, there was a lot of gra- grass on it. I thought, oh, how how good is this? But it's even better now. It's like a bit of a bowling green, really. And you know, they they hardly marked it in the first. It didn't didn't look like a heavy track. It was always going to improve. And you know, I think they would have gone to a six straight away, but they did, they had to go through the process of going seven six five. So. It was one of those, it was one of those days where they've um, they've got this track absolutely at its peak at the moment. They've started filling divots with the sand sand profile rather than dirt so you, you can remember a few years ago you used to get that black black dirt coming back from um, the field and things like that now they're filling with filling with the sand the sand profile and it's just getting through the track so well and it's I think Ram's becoming one of the better tracks in the country country because you can get a slow track. You're not always going to get good tracks, but it um, it races fairly fairly most of the time.
0: Does this mean, oh, do gents... From, uh... that, yeah, well, I was going to say that, Simon. Does this mean we have to change our perception of heavy tracks now and rain-affected surfaces in Sydney? Because it seems like both these services have changed in terms of their ability to handle moisture.
2: Well, it's always been the case that... I think Muns would say this. The heavy at Rose Hill and the heavy at Ramwick have always been different sort of sort of heavies. So, um, but at the moment, I think you'll, you, this track would take a lot of rain and still race really well. Well, which is a credit to to Nivesh and Mike and, his, and their team out at um, Ramwick and the same at Rose Hill as well.
0: Boys, any done. any comment yeah. on that? Like Muns, I mean, are you, well, you going to well,
2: assess Dave, these I, tracks I, differently I, now? I brought
1: this point up. I bought this point up weeks ago. Uh, Do we now, when we've had a situation like we've had it a couple of times now, um, you know, better drying conditions and different things like that, you know, I'm sure Peter and Paul Snowden would be, you know, in the fetal position when they watched the first couple of races there on Saturday having scratched I Am Superman because the track was a a heavy eight, uh, and he has won twice on soft going. Now, that track would have been perfect for I Am Superman by the time they raced at 20 to 5 on Saturday. Is it time now? You've got to realise, we have a scratching time of 7.30 in the morning, right? The first race is 20 past 12 in summer. So that's six hours after they've looked at the track, right? Um, The scratching time is 7.30, and I brought this up uh, probably month six weeks ago is it time now that we have another track appraisal at eleven thirty with a horse working on and the track up, that's yeah. five hours after they've originally made their analysis to judge the improvement that's still an hour before the first
4: what do we was think it what do we heavy think track, was it ever
2: a heavy track probably not and
1: yeah, yeah. But the, the, the rain stopped. The, the, been, there was basically no rain from three o'clock Friday afternoon.
0: Yeah. So we're what saying. We, so, 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 so what are, what are we getting at here? What do we do? Yeah.
2: What well, do you race, Simon? You, you do your ratings. How how, how will you judge the first couple of races? Do you judge it on the rating, or do you judge it on the rating you think it should have been?
4: Oh, so we had it. Uh, it was a soft five on the first on time a thousand meters first use of the track. You sort of want to see it again, but yeah, looking at the times on the day, it was a you know, stop five, stop six. It was just obviously if you're punning on the fly, it's fine. You can sort of update, you know, what yeah. you're doing or your predictions. But then if you're doing say you've done the form earlier in the week, it sort of all went out the door, which is not easy. I'm just saying, what do we do if it is a heavy? Is it not? Are we not going to get a heavy track at Ramwick given the way it drains so well? Is that the approach going forward or? Oh, you, you'll get heavy if there's rain on the day. Yeah, okay. You know, but the, the
1: last rain I said was three o'clock on Friday afternoon. You knew but, it was going in, to improve it. But had in to. history,
0: but chiming in there, though, Munds, I've been, you know, you've been around a long time. The, oh, thanks, we copped Dave, a heavy Dave. storm. No, but we copped a heavy storm on Friday night, like, and it poured in town. It poured at Ramwick. In the past, mate, there's no way the track would have improved that good. So they've obviously done a fantastic work. To make that, and that's I guess what Simon's saying now, guys. If you if we cop 25 mil of rain at Ramwick on Friday at three o'clock, I mean, it's not like it was you know a 40 degree day with 50k winds on the Saturday, it was overcast and cloud, it was actually quite cool. Yeah, it was quite windy though, it was quite windy, um, but still, but still, I mean, that's
1: Chris makes a very, very good point with the amount of grass that's on the track, the track will recover much, much better when there's a lot of grass on it, because they're just bouncing off it anyway. And the fact that they have undergone the renovations, Dave, you know yourself, um, I don't know, you wouldn't have any lawn, Dave, but um, you go to a golf course that undergoes renovations, and when when they, what they call thatch and take away all the the dead material away, that's acting as a buffer, so the water is sitting there, and just doesn't get right through the profile. That's why... um, you know the the tracks are wetter than they are. Once you take away that that um, inhibitor for the water to go through, and the sand is there, mm. uh, it's just perfect. That's that's you know. No, it, it's
0: but just I guess I guess what we're saying though, what we're saying is, but what we're saying though for you guys is that if it pours with thirty mil of rain on Friday night, we don't get anything else. You blokes won't be jim- diving in and and looking at you know. Um, real wet, heavy trackers. You'll be looking for those because you know that the track, you've got enough confidence now in these tracks in Sydney that they'll improve.
2: Mm. Especially at this
0: time of year, though. That's that's when the tracks are going to bounce back better.
2: I think what happens with the Sydney tracks is that they were so... They've been so maligned for so long and we tend to remember the days when they they were really bad. So we tend to remember uh, Queen Elizabeth Day when they watered it and they shouldn't have. We tend to remember those days. So what you... what what we need to start to do is remember the good days, and the good days are a lot, happening a lot more often than the bad days now.
0: Let's get to our next caller, Ken's on the line. Morning, Ken.
6: Hey mate, how are you? How are you? Very good, mate. That's right. Just a quick question for Muns. Um, I know it's his favourite subject, fixed odds. But like a week or so ago, I backed the horse at Canberra or Wagga Wag, sorry, at one hundred twenty six dollars fixed. It's dead heated. Um, the app was saying it's
1: paying 61 but I got paid 31 No, hang on, and hang on. Just to backpedal there, if you've taken $126 fixed odds, right, yeah, you're effectively getting... The yeah, yeah, but you're getting half the face value of the ticket. That's
6: right, yeah. and I only got paid $31 fixed uh, Oh, yeah, but three. was
1: there how many scratchings in the race? There
6: was no scratchings, but they were out before I put the bet
1: on. Well, that that's physically impossible. Oh, you can't you can't be paid thirty one dollars if it was you've taken one hundred and twenty six dollars and it's dead heated You've got to get half yeah, the face true. value of the ticket. So you've had ten dollars on it. You've got to get twelve hundred and sixty. Half that you've got to get six hundred and thirty. So in effect, yeah, you've right. taken, you know, Sorry. sixty. Yeah, like, I, I only
6: had three dollars a win, and that's what it said, it said on the uh, on the um, say that, uh, Potential payout three hundred eighty seven. When it dead heated, I thought okay I'm going to get you know, sixty one at least. But yeah, as I said, the ducks. Scratching, were already out of the race before the bet on, and um, mm. that was at six thirty in the morning. There was like Lady Elamant and Amalia, who was two today. a either who's Wagga or camber. Yeah, and I rang up the customer service. And they're just saying that's just how it is. You, thought, you don't know, you don't know the actual
1: anymore? date. You don't know the actual date of the bet. Oh,
6: yeah, hang I on a sec. Give know. me one second. I just get it out of the air.
1: Because the, and, the um, only thing so I can tell there you, is. there must have been another scratching.
6: Oh, okay. It just, just seems like half that much altogether. I just yeah. thought there was a bit um. I've been reminded of in your last bit, but I think okay. You might have been
1: at six thirty in the morning, but I, I, I'd like to. Have, I'd like to have something on this, this scratching after six thirty in the morning.
6: Um, sorry, I put the bed, it wasn't six thirty. I saw it six thirty.
1: I put it on an eight forty in the morning. Forty. Oh well, yeah. It must have been, it only had to be a late oh, scratch.
6: Sorry, mate. I'm having a look I put the wind bed on at six
1: thirty-five. I put a post bet on at eight forty. Yeah, so there's evidently yeah, there's yeah. yeah, another gorgeous. scratching. Well, and, and the other thing is, you know, there, there are horses scratched at quarter past seven in the morning, and people are betting yeah. at twenty to eight, and they haven't been taken out at twenty to eight. Uh, oh, you right, know, okay. I'm I'm very very hard on that. When you consider the scratching yeah. time is seven thirty, and, and I'm quite, you know, you should see the number of emails I send here at. at you know, 20, well, I shouldn't say 20 to 8, 10 to 8, because scratching time is 7.30, final scratching time if there's emergencies is 7.45. And we get a lot of activity in between that time there when people are looking at the scratchings, they go interim at 7.30, if there's no emergencies, they're final at 7.30. And a lot of people are expecting, if they're betting at 20 to 8, for example, and they're looking at scratchings final, they tend, to, they, they tend to bet, and and they're anticipating that the scratchings have been taken out. And sometimes scratchings are still there an hour after they've been taken out, which I don't think is good yeah. enough.
6: Well, that's the thing I've, that's and the, it certainly didn't happen when on. I was
1: doing it, I can guarantee you that.
6: Yeah, there was, it was on the 26th of um, November, so it 16 in the race. And when I put the bet on, there was only eight in the race. That was at oh. 6.35. Scratchings had been done the day before on the app. Yeah, there might have yeah. been done. Oh, that's still, I still it still went with eight horses. That's why I, just,
1: I thought it was strange that I think paid. I got returned ninety four dollars instead of around dollars Yeah, okay. okay. I'm, I'm 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 just going through the results from oh. Canberra that day. Lady Anamalia, fixed odds was fifteen dollars. Uh, fifty one dollars. The tote had paid fifteen dollars. Right now, uh, the deductions there. The last scratching. Was taken at ten past nine. There was no no deductions for that. Um okay. yeah, you sure you haven't placed it on the <laughs> on the tote and not well, fixed odds? Because
0: right, I've I, I've heard of that um, that one before too. I I'll tell you what, we'll do, boys. We'll take a break because there's about ten minutes. I'll never get back in my yeah. life ever again. Yeah. Uh, and we'll come back and we'll look at some Melbourne races with Dean Lester shortly. Dolly stallions. They win. Modiphilia is stretching, lunging and got up to win it. Modiphilia
1: claims the two Group 1s in a week. She has done something no Philly has ever done. And
5: that is her third Group 1 win.
4: They sell.
5: Kermanec Philly. they the hammer. I sell. They get you to the big days. That is 100 career
1: Group 1 wins.
5: Darley Stadions. They win. They sell. They get you to the big days.
0: Whether you're looking for a new job and some extra cash in the lead-up to Christmas, or you're an employer having trouble finding reliable staff, look
1: no further than Summit Recruitment. Summit Recruitment is a family-owned Australian business that takes pride in connecting great workers with great businesses, from manufacturing, transport and logistics to warehousing, construction and hospitality. When it comes to employment, reach for the Summit. Visit summitr.com.au or call 1300 080
3: 080. This Boxing Day, we're going big. Featuring an after-the-last concert by Hot Dub Time Machine, pop-up food stalls and bars and thrilling racing. This is what summers are made for. December 26 at Royal Randwick. Book now at theraces.com.au.
4: This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio.
0: Welcome back to Sky Sports Radio. All right, uh, Dean Lester, help us out here. Uh, i tell you what, Matt Dale is uh, an extraordinary trainer there in the nation's capital. Um, he might be uh, buying a bit of land elsewhere out of the ACT, but uh, that news to, to grow over the next couple of months. But Five Kingdom um, took this down from Kembla Grange, came out of that benchmark 78, and they always seem to have a little nibble when they like them, and they got the chocolates. Yes, uh,
3: thousand and seventy-six days between wins, and uh, fantastic effort by Matt Dahl. Went back to the where he won his last race, Five Kingdom, when he was trained uh, by Lindsay Park, and uh, eighteen hundred metres at Flemington, leading. Interesting day. We were just talking about the track at Randwick, Dave, but the track at Flemington the track was in perfect order. It was, I think, a four up to a good three. But the circle races, uh, you you couldn't really make the looping run. Only one. Horse for the Day made ground out wide. You needed to, if you are going to make ground, you had to cut through the field. Uh, The straight races were totally opposite, down the centre to two-thirds out. So uh, when you're reviewing this meeting, just keep that in mind. And the one horse for the day that did make ground was Mr Cancun. But, uh, yeah, great effort by the uh, uh, Dale Stable with Five Kingdom. And I think uh, Matty had runners at four venues and lobbed at Flemington on Saturday. So it was a good lead uh, to the horse's chances.
1: Yeah, he's,
0: he's going very well, isn't he,
1: Munns? And i tell you what, he had one that won the last race in Canberra yesterday. you want to be following oh. as well. It would have been what an weird.
0: absolute horror
1: story. Did that it need it, to... Had it to, was beaten, and its name... It uh, started with it's, A. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll get it for you in a minute, and I've... Uh, just just while you uh, get Mons, Al-Germain, Al-Germain. Al-Germain. it, Munns. Algamane. Algamane. Now, two starts for two wins. Uh, it won a Class 1 the last race there yesterday with Caitlin Nisbet. Uh, yeah, she went all, all basically all over trying to find a run uh, after coming
0: from last and uh, got there right on the post. And I reckon if I you ask Kayla... Yeah, I reckon if you ask Kayla... Sorry, Chris. I reckon if you ask Kayla if that was the plan, that wasn't. Because if you look at the run, uh, she was back in the field and then a horse whipped up on her outside and put her in that pocket. She probably really should have been on the outside. And you know what? Probably could have won by further with, with much more clear air. So... It is a, it's, it's a smart Handicap, type. Yeah, probably, yeah. Just weaving and ducking. Um weaving. You, what were you gonna say about um, Chris? I'd say to be um, with two
2: wins. that'd be looking they'd be looking for a highway for, for it, us, so just watch mm. out for it in the next couple of weeks in Sydney, maybe across um Boxingdale somewhere there somewhere there. I better um, hope there's
0: not a lot of noms because there'll be an emergency. That's right, that's (laughs) right. Uh, What about Lightning Jack, uh, Simon? Let's talk about Lightning Jack. Uh, What was the the form from your perspective, from your systems there at Racing and Sport leading into this race? Because it seemed to be massive odds and you looked back and went, well, could we have made a case for it?
4: Yeah, it's one of those winners you look back and go, yeah, could have backed that. He certainly had form over from New Zealand that was good enough to win a race at that level and if not, a little bit better. So we had him running just off, I think, just off his peak there on the weekend. And you have to think improvement to come, but he was certainly a class above them. And, you know, great Annabelle Nation couldn't have had it for that long 31 days between runs and produced the horse at first up in Australia to win with that authority over, I wouldn't say a weak field. I think Lekeen's a fairly solid conveyance. So while he hasn't done a lot of winning here, he still generally runs similar figures each time he steps out. So I think it's a good piece of form, always tricky following horses after they win at big odds as you're going to have to take a lot shorter next time we see him. But, yeah, it looks to be a nice horse. And, again, Annabelle done a really good job with the new horse in the stable. And uh, I've worked out that gentleman's problem at
1: Canberra. Uh, if he bet at six thirty in the morning, there was a scratching at seven twenty-five, seven thirty-nine, seven twenty-five, and seven twenty-five. Total deduction of forty-seven cents. If you take forty-seven cents off the one hundred and twenty-six dollar chance, then divide it by two, he's finished with thirty three dollars and thirty-nine cents. Okay, beautiful. Uh, let's go back We're here to, to Melbourne. Help, Dave. A wow. couple
0: of texts. Thank um, Dino. Yes. Okay, Dino. Thanks. Okay.
1: See, see what you think. I hope you didn't um, take it in a double with the horse to win again another race. No, that's half again right. that.
0: no, no. The... So, uh, this horse is, uh, this was a good tough win, wasn't it, from see what you think?
3: Yeah, he deserved that win, Dave. Uh, he ran very well at Ballarat on Cup Day and out to a longer trip. Uh, Matty Williams has done a good job with him uh, winning the uh, Mortlake Cup and. Uh, running well at Ararat and then running well at, uh, obviously, at uh, Ballarat before Saturday. And just too good. Uh, Constantinople nearly broke a long drought. It was nearly a day for those sort of horses. And uh, he ran okay. Uh, these horses probably head towards the bag at New Year's Day. But there's a benchmark 100 this Saturday at uh, Flemington over 2,600. I think that'll be the better guide towards the the bagget, But these horses will be fringe players. And he's only had the nine starts now for four wins. See what you think. So he's been well-placed uh, since he came over from uh, the his career uh, in France.
0: Hmm. Um, Chris, I'll come to you here, mate, um, and I want to touch on a couple of questions about your column. Um, you were at manangle on Saturday night. Uh, firstly, what did you make of the Inter-Dominion series for 2021?
2: Well, it probably didn't have the best horses in the country because of um, COVID and people not willing to travel. But what happened was the best horses that were in the series performed really well. So you ended up getting to a, an exciting series. The Trotters was fantastic. It was just... You didn't know who was going to win the races. And Mary Law was backed off the map there to win the final. We got to the front, walked them and really was never going to get beat. Um, had, the, had its main danger on its back. And Greg Sugar said, I had so much time to think about what, what was going to happen. I was just waiting for the sweepers to come and they never come. So that was a good performance. But the I think the talking point that everyone's talking about is the protest. It was, in the end, it was over 3,000 metres that come down to whether um, a wheel was inside another wheel. So in in trotting, Unlike Racing, you've got the extension of the cart that comes out. So they, um, Josh Gallagher was poking up for that run on the inside of Expensive Ego on Bonsell Benjamin and... Um, it was it was there, but whether his his in, his outside wheel got inside the inside wheel of the leader was what it had come down to. The stewards felt it did, it established the run, and as soon as they felt it established the run, it was an easier decision. It was always going to be upheld.
0: Certainly was uh, the. Way in which that coverage uh, went through, I know that uh, what Greg was with you guys, Muns, on Saturday morning, then went out to Menangle of course, for Saturday night, and it was really good that that showcase coverage could come through. I think the the general feedback uh, from the industry has been huge. Well, uh, I, I think
1: it's you know it's your pinnacle race, Dave. Realistically, uh, in Australia-wide harness racing, the inner dominion, and and I think that coverage may you know assist it to. Get a resurgence, uh, and it just goes to show if you can focus on a particular uh, meeting or whatever like that. When you when you get showcase coverage like that, and basically uninterrupted coverage, although we had to, bro- I think we might have broke. I uh, know oh Perth was Perth was over by that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's it's the it's the way that it is, and uh, you know, it's very very hard to do- to donate a whole block. Of airtime to one particular meeting, but we have the ad- ad- the advantage at Sky Thurabit Central. There's nothing else on, and you know a lot of people say, "Well, you know, why can't we get that all the time?" But there's so many other meetings on, you know, Sky One and Sky Two. You've, you know, uh, we've had sort of, well, for want of a better term, showcase coverage of um, greyhounded harness meetings on Sky Two, and Sky Two now. I, I don't think it's it's um, been broadcast broadly enough, that Sky 2 is available to everyone that has pay TV. And, you know, we, we could be using Sky 2 a lot better. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, why do meetings get bumped from Sky 1 to Sky 2? Well, OK, make them a Sky 2. But it, it, there's a negative connotation about Sky 2 at the moment and has been since the get-go. Well, you know, let's invent a new name. Yeah,
3: that's what it needs.
2: You know, yeah. let's invent a new YXper name. or
3: something like that. I beg your pardon, Chris?
2: Call it Sky Extra or something like that. Something yeah, that, it... that, that that doesn't have that kind of touch. The thing is, with this coverage, and I think you'll find this will be happening from what I hear, is that you might be seeing a lot more of those big harness racing nights on on Sky Farabird Central. I think there's already discussions about, Into the Min- about Miracle Mile night being on there. and um, It just shows, when you've got these meetings, because we've got there's so many contracts involved with... Uh, racing New South Wales and racing Queensland with holding their meeting it it means that you, you've got several races on top of each other and it's something that's got to be worked out because what happens and and I I don't get to see the sky coverage only on days midweek I don't get to see the Saturday coverage but because the meetings are on top of each other you don't get that effect of um, we can go from there to get to the get the live, the live paddock and then on a good lead into the races because um, Sydney and Brisbane are so close together on the clock, like 10 minutes apart, by the time you finish one race, you're going to Brisbane and you're racing through the pa- the, the, um, the mounting yard there. So it's something that should be worked out and it's something that that I know we talk about this and all the bluing that goes on, on with racing, but it's an easy fix. Adelaide and Melbourne should be 20 minutes apart and so should Sydney and Brisbane because they've both got their own TV audience and... It would it would make a better coverage of our sport, but that won't happen because two two organisations can't get together and and say what's better for the sport. Well, there was a
1: situation during the week where in an Adelaide and a Victorian race jumped at
2: the same time. No, that, mm. that just proves the point, doesn't it? Man's like, mm. if you've got if you've got Racing com com doing Adelaide and Melbourne, surely you want to give both give that premium coverage the best possible. Um, best possible chance to be premium coverage, and the same with Sydney and Brisbane
4: on Sky so mm. And I think For chan- 40 Channel 7 now runs, with coverage of...
3: Sorry, Dean. I was just going to say, the 40 minutes between runs has always been the sticking point. To make the clock perfect, it, it is ideal, 40 minutes between races at, at, at a venue, but uh, is that what the, the modern, you know, the, the punter on course or, or want?
2: How many close-up partners are on course, though, Dino? That's the thing. Like, yeah, I think we play the audience that we've got and the biggest audience that, that racing's got is now sitting in pubs and clubs and yep, or, or at home watching it. Yeah.
1: And you've got Channel 7 in the mix now. For example, on Saturday, they were showing Flemington, Ramwick and Eagle Farm. Uh, and I know it's a and that's completely
2: a contractual situation as well, Mum, that they, they've got to show all three. Yeah. So they're contracted but, yeah. to, 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 be, to show all that. So... They've got to sit down and work this out because at the moment, racing is at a tipping point where it can actually go to another level again because people are actually interested in watching racing again. Everyone's learned learned how how good an afternoon on the punt is at home because that's all they could do during COVID. Um, Racing, to take full advantage of the position it is in the marketplace, the sporting marketplace at the moment, has to get this right and has to get it right quickly. And that means some some people sitting at a table and saying, let's make this work and make the product better for everyone.
0: Speaking of uh, Sky Thoroughbred Central, and, and it was uh, in the press from you, Chris, but Muns, you're losing a valuable member of the team. It's a shame. Yeah, not me, Dave.
1: Um, not me. Oh, uh, really? no. uh, well, they've around. tried kill and uh, flick and everything to get rid of me, but um, I'm still here. No, uh, Lizzie is uh, looking to... Uh, uh, broaden her horizons and uh, she's got a young family just about to, to move and uh, she's just going to take some time to to work out where she wants to be and that that's um you know a lot people got longer than me Dave have got a lot more life to live than what I have and uh you know they've got to work out what's best for them and best for their family Or my kids have all grown up two of them are married and moved out Lizzie's got you know two young girls there one's about to start uh, I think proper school I think she might be in kindergarten or um, year one next year and the other one's sort of been in school for a couple of years so you know your, your family is the most important thing and you've got to you know do what best that you think is for your family and for your life going going onwards and
0: she just at this stage wants to be, be looking at something else well, I hope she's not lost to the industry because uh, she's a star as we know Lizzie um, now back to racing because there's a thousand techs running in here uh, actually, a couple of texts giving uh, Duff a bit of a praise here because he was very keen on uh, Bacchanalia to beat Dragonstone. And, Simon, what did you make of race three there? Uh, Dragonstone, uh, he just got... Um, he didn't get the sweet go like he did at Kembler.
4: Yeah, I think it played out a little differently to what many anticipated. I've mm. sort of had Dragonstone tracking Bacchanalia in the race, but here in McAvoy, um you know, too good. He was able to tack... Dragonstone into the race and once that sort of eventuated with the pull in the weights that he did have, uh, he was obviously too good and Frank what he did at Canterbury, because I think that was the one little niggle for me, his two wins were on a bottomless track at Canterbury and whether that form would translate over to Ranwick. Um but the way the race was run, he had all the savers and, you know, it was simply too good. I wouldn't be dropping off the second horse. I think the two of them uh, will be winning plenty of races if, you know, they'll stay in work over summer and interesting to see when both get onto a firm track, because I still feel Dragonstone I'd say will be at his best on a firm track, so looking to him to bounce back and from a punting perspective, he should get a price as he's been beaten, so we'll see what happens, but two to, two to follow for sure.
0: Okay, beautiful. Um, back down to Melbourne, your opinion on Fluorescent Star um, in the third event, Dino? Uh, honest off-season
3: Mayor Dave, uh, deserved that win, she didn't have much luck at Mooney Valley last start and uh, pretty bunch finish, but uh, yeah, I was really taken with the run in that race of Vespertine, uh, who hit the line uh, really sweetly. She didn't come up last time in, but that was a very good return, and uh, uh, she, I think, will be uh, a bit like Mun's tr when trying to find the horses to follow, try and find the race for them. I think there's a race for her New Year's Day, Vespertine. So, uh, but um, the other mare will, will keep paying her way through the uh, summer months. She's a very honest mare, fluorescent star
0: all right fantastic boys we need some horses to follow before we wrap this all up i might start with you muns what's your horse to follow for the weekend Uh oh, well one that's you know he's, he's well a couple
1: actually dave that have been in the horse to follow list for quite a while now casino lord he's just itching uh to win a a, a tab highway in town but he's 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 restricted to being probably a 1,000-metre horse and a 1,000-metre horse only uh, in the first race there. Stockman, again, uh, probably the track dried out a little bit too much for him on Saturday, but he's ready to sort of, but you only want to be on him if he's going to strike a you know, a, a wet track. And I spotted a two-year-old in Brisbane, Dave, for Annabelle Neesham, Swift Exile. Uh, go back and have a look at the replay of it. Uh, jumped out of the barriers and won a half pig route for the first 75 metres of the race. Came from well back in the field there and was only beaten uh, a length in the wash up there. It's a, it's a magic millions runner. So um, it'll be hard to beat because uh, they're not hard races to win, the two-year-old races in Brisbane at the moment.
0: OK, beautiful. Uh, I might come to you, Dino. Your horses to follow from Saturday or the weekend? Yeah, I just
3: mentioned Vespertine. Uh, there's a race, as I said, New Year's Day. It's a benchmark 70, 1400 for fillies and mares. And Graham Begg, who trains Vespertine, won it uh, this year. With That uh, has to be good, so I think he'll know it's on the calendar. And uh, I think Vespertine will be very hard to beat. And uh, also on New Year's Day, uh, the horse I mentioned that made up good ground, Mr Cancun, behind Five Kingdom. There's a 2,000 metre race for him on New Year's Day. So uh, hopefully a bit of New Year's cheer around Vespertine and uh, also Can- uh, Mr Cancun.
0: Okay, fantastic. Simon, your horse is to follow, mate.
4: Yeah, pretty straight back for me. I think snap snap We can follow her to the Magic Millions, and I think of what she did first up, she really came of age last press, and she's come back in as good all order this time in. So I think she's in line to run a new peak this time in. If that's the case, she'll be winning up at the Magic Millions. And I agree with Munns. I think Stockman, interestingly, do see him get out in trip now. Kept him short of short of a mile or to the mile, I should say, uh, with the billiards as the angle. But now if they step up in trip, I think, yeah, he's certainly knocking on the door and he's airborne this time in. So, yeah, they're the two to follow for me.
0: All right. Uh, and, Chris, your horses to follow? Um, well, um, Joe probably
2: f- hoping for Christmas Day rain because Stockman's going to be in the Summer Cup on Boxing Day over 2,000 metres. So if he gets that wet track, I think he's going to be very hard to beat. I think you can follow Dragonstone. I think when it goes back up in the benchmark and gets back down in the weights, it'll be very hard to beat Beat next start. And I think Bless, another horse you can follow, just needs the race run to suit him, not run into a really good horse like it did in Brooks on the weekend.
0: Fantastic, boys! All right, so that has been our uh, second edition of the Punters Postmortem uh, for summer. Now, gents, this is my final Punters Postmortem for 2021. Uh, next couple of weeks, and rip back into it for the Gold Coast.
1: Okay, mate, oh, uh,
0: let's, let's just hope <laughs> Anastasia lets me in. Well, that's that's the that's the key. That's the key, Dino. You'll be uh, you'll be with us all summer. mate. appreciate it, um, and looking forward to to more races coming out of the South Muns, of course. Thanks to you, Ruda, and also Simon.
4: We'll catch you next time. Thanks, gents. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Thank you, Dave. Bye, bye.